Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Here we are back in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with my cohort in crime, Tom Dorian. Cohort in crime. All right. Okay. You're, That's you're, probably not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. He's not a criminal, and I'm not a criminal, although some might think so. Yes. Well, anyway. I have seen your photo in a post office before. I appreciate that for sharing my, my, my sordid past, but yes. uh, I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you. And we have another wonderful topic today. I know we do. Today we're talking about the Trinity. It's kind of a heady topic, isn't it? Yes, a Godhead. I see what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah. a heady topic. Very nice. Thank you. So we have a uh, we have a heady guest with us too, who's going to help us to uh, talk through the Trinity. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've had him before, uh, Father John Hurricane, a priest for the Diocese of Memphis. Uh, Father John, welcome to the Corner Booth. Oh, thank you again. Thank In a luxurious fashion, we are sitting you down here and having you have a cup of coffee again with us. Oh, delighted. Wonderful. And we're going to talk about the Trinity today. We we've discussed before uh, the divinity of Jesus and mm-hmm. the importance of having a. Uh, second person of the Trinity and the fact that he is God. Mm -hmm. And now we need to understand the whole realm of the Trinity. Sure. You know, because this is a vitally important topic. Right. And and I think as for us as as Catholics, uh, the church teaches that that we can know the existence of God through human reason. And we can see this in in many of the uh, philosophers, Plato, uh, just from his observance of the world around him, saw that God was one and God was good. Okay? So we can, we can know that the world around us didn't just appear, that there has to be uh, some unmoved mover, some creator to, that created uh, the, the world around us. But for us to know that God is three, three persons and one God, uh, we can only know that because Jesus revealed that to us. He revealed that to us. Uh, through the Gospels, and, and, and it's something that, that has been clarified through the teachings of the church over time. Well, let's, we'll talk about where we got those that doctrine, mm-hmm. the doctrine of the uh, the Most Holy Trinity, uh, in just a second. I know that you're probably thirsty. Oh, sure. Yeah, so, uh, and we're, we've got this cup of coffee on the way. Tom, what is that in your hand? You've got you know, we've talked about how creative these waitresses are getting. Last week when I left, I had a note stuffed on my windshield. And it's from Julia. Julia is a waitress here. Wanted to be recognized and made sure she stuck a note on my, my windshield. How how creative is that? Well, that's very creative. And so now we've said her name on the air. And so yeah. now she's going to start getting phone calls and from movie studios and we'll whatnot. We'll have to get her email and forward some Yeah, of we those. want to cut of the action if there's going to be Julia, some money. Julia, that's her name. All right, Julia. Well, wonderful. I'm yeah. glad we got to talk now, to Julia. Now, now hustle over here and get, get us some calls. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, let's continue talking about the Trinity, Father. So... Where did the understanding of the Trinity come from? I mean, I know that in Scripture there's references to the Trinity all over the place. Sure. But it's never really explicitly stated. The word Trinity never appears in the Bible. No, no it isn't. It, it, it came from the, the whole, uh, it was a word, you know, Trinitas, uh, a Latin word to, to explain that, that uh, threeness. The, our understanding of the Trinity, you know, there are the different quotes from uh, particularly, I think, Matthew 28, where uh, there's a post-resurrection account of uh, the apostles and Jesus, where Jesus sent them out to, to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So th- there's a, that, that revelation, and Jesus often 
uh, spoke of his relationship to the Father and of and a promise of the Holy Spirit. And so that's part of our, our understanding of of God is is God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it's something that, uh, as far as a uh, systematic uh, understanding, it's really not found in sacred scriptures. It's, it's something that, again, like many of our uh, theology uh, of, of, of who Jesus is or sacramental theology, it's something that was defined and refined uh, over time through the teachings of the church. Well, a good example of that is, is you know, if you look at scripture, and you look at, like, let's go back to the book of Genesis, talking about further defining and further understanding mm-hmm. what has been revealed to us, which is what our church does, right? Right. You know, let's look back at Genesis, and there was always this sense uh, of a plurality in God that even many people today will wonder when they're reading the accounts in Genesis. When, For instance, you read uh, Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, etc., etc. And at three other times or two other times in Genesis, God refers to God as us, right. as we. So there's a plurality. And a lot of people listen to that and go, well, that's kind of strange. I never really right. noticed that. And then there's another great reference that a lot of people don't always notice. And that is when, when Abraham saw the Lord. It says in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 5, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood in front of him. When he saw them, he ran to the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. So Abraham saw three men there right. referred to those three men as my lord as one god now i don't know that that was necessarily to be interpreted as father son and holy spirit i don't know that abraham saw jesus or saw the holy spirit but again there's that sense early on in scripture of the plurality of god that there was a family of of the godhead and so it wasn't until later right that we start to see this uh plurality more defined in Scripture as Father, Son, right. and Holy Spirit. Well, we see the the different persons of the Trinity. We see uh, God the Father uh, referred to several times. We see right. uh, God the Son, and we see God the Holy Spirit, right. each doing uh, certain things in Scripture uh, as we see them, uh, not separating themselves from the Godhead ever, always right. part of that Godhead, but we see them in a different light. Right. And Jesus often spoke of that, the fact that the Father and I are one. Yes. And and then there's also, in, even in the Old Testament, there's a whole sense of God is one. And so that's that's when our, our understanding of the Trinity, part of the, uh, the again, the whole whole struggle is to, to understand, that, to not to deny the uh, unity that God is one, but and to, to avoid tritheism. Okay, we don't believe in three gods. There's not three gods. There's right, just one. One God, but three persons. And so that's something that that was was difficult for people to understand. Okay, how how is this possible? How how are there you know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in right. one God? And and that's something that you know there there were again uh, if you go through the history of the church there were there were many errors that would some would say well the the uh, distinctions with within the Godhead are, aren't real they're they're different masks okay. That, that's not they're the, just perceptions of right. different modalism. That's that's right. the, that's the heresy there. But the, the distinctions are real, okay. But they're in uh, procession, okay. And and then well, that's again we pray that in the creed. 
that the uh, that the Son is eternally begotten of the Father, and that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Right. Uh, this this is a relationship of of love uh, between between the three persons of the Trinity. You know, uh, even Saint Augustine was talking about that that very concept, and he was talking about uh, the fact that if you have an eternal Father, then he is eternally a father, which means right. that he would, to be a father, by definition, you have a son. So if you have an eternal father, he has an eternal son. Correct. So Jesus has always been the son of God from time immemorial, forever. Right, exactly. Th- that, that relationship, again, exists outside of time. But now the second person of the Trinity became incarnate. Only the second person became uh, incarnate. And then we speak of uh, Jesus uh, being a divine person, that, that well, what we call the hypostatic union of being fully human and fully divine. And, and so, so our understanding of, of, of Jesus and, and Christology and our understanding of the Trinity, are all, all, this, is, this is all part of God's revelation of himself to us, a revelation that we can learn about through sacred scripture, that God has revealed this to us, uh, something that we, we could not on our, know on our own, but God has revealed this to us, and it's something that we uh, continue to try to prayerfully uh, come to appreciate this mystery of God's love for us that's revealed to us through, uh, through, his, through the uh, sacred scripture, through, through Jesus Christ, and, and through our understanding of our, the Trinitarian God. Well, you just said a word that probably makes a lot of uh, uh, people that, that were raised in Catholic schools uh, cringe a little bit, mm-hmm. that word mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, because so many times you'd say, Sister, you know... Uh, what is it about the Trinity? How does that work? And uh, Sister would say, "Well, it's a mystery, you know." Sure. So then we've we've uh, we've come as Catholics to say <laughs> that careful. everything we didn't understand yeah. was a, a mystery. Yeah. And then in some ways, it's like, okay, let's that's a good way for Sister to punt, you know. Yeah. And, and it's like, but we quit, don't quit think our sisters do that. No. Actually, we've got some we've got some fantastic sisters who are teaching us <laughs> yes. uh, even today. So that's that's not to say anything about our sisters; they're wonderful. No, no, no. I was just saying that very often, sometimes. You may, someone may uh, say they're asking a very difficult question, and that's that. That is something, though, that is true. That is that is a mystery because we're we're finite human beings. We're trying to understand an infinite an infinite God. We're not going to define an infinite God. There's just no way that we're right. going to box God up exactly to get God in our heads. You know, so so what we know about uh, God, what we know about Jesus, what we know about the Trinity is is we know because He's revealed that to us. Right. And we still celebrate that mystery. Sure. We celebrate that mystery every year that we have the Easter Triduum. Jesus' Paschal mystery is, you know, the penultimate mystery that we celebrate annually. Right. And, and, and God's love for us, the mystery of God's love for us that, that's revealed to us through his son, through, his, through that Paschal mystery, through the fact that, that Jesus uh, suffered uh, for us, that he became incarnate, that, that he became incarnate because of the disobedience of our first parents. Our first parents sinned in, in, against God and, and necessitated uh, an act of, of God, that, that act of redemption. That, and that's part of God's love for us, that, that, uh, that our Trinitarian God created us and created us out of love. And, and, and that, that uh, in that love, uh, humanity uh, in some ways sin is a rejection of God's love. And because of that, that rejection of God's love, it necessitated uh, the incarnation where Jesus became uh, flesh, became fully human, fully divine, 
who uh, suffered and died for our salvation. Well, wonderful. We're going to continue this uh, conversation about the Trinity on the other side of our little break here. Uh, but in that, before we do that, I would like to just tell people at home, they got a wonderful website they need to visit, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Uh, on that website, you're going to find some wonderful information about uh, not only this show and all the guests and all the hosts and whatnot, but you're going to find wonderful links to a variety of Catholic resources out there on the web that you can visit. Uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have you email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so uh, as we uh, wrap up this segment, I'll just tell you, if I have to tell you once, I'll tell you three times, <laughs> don't touch that dial. Don't touch that dial. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. There are several religious groups who deny the traditional teaching of the Most Holy Trinity. One of the most common claims against this most cherished and essential Christian doctrine is that until the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, the church didn't teach of the triune God existing as one nature but three distinct persons. However, the Catholic Church has always, from the very days of its foundation, faithfully professed the doctrine of the Trinity. Not only are there many quotes in sacred scripture which attest to this, but many, many writings of the early church fathers which accurately reflect the church's constant teaching on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Here are just a few. St. Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna and a disciple of the Apostle John said, O Lord God Almighty, I bless you and glorify you through the eternal and heavenly high priest, Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, through whom be glory to you, with him and the Holy Spirit, both now and forever. In 110 AD, St. Ignatius of Antioch, bishop and early martyr of the faith, wrote in one of his several existing letters to those in his care, In Christ Jesus our Lord, by whom and with whom be glory and power to the Father with the Holy Spirit forever. St. Justin Martyr told us, For in the name of God, the Father and Lord of the universe, and of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Spirit, they then receive the washing with water. This was written around 150 A.D. And around 180 A.D., St. Irenaeus, a bishop, produced the monumental work Against Heresies. He said, The church, though dispersed throughout the whole world, even to the ends of the earth, has received from the apostles and their disciples this faith. One God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and the sea, and all things that are in them, and in one Christ Jesus, the Son of God, who became incarnate for our salvation, and in the Holy Spirit, who proclaimed through the prophets the dispensations of God. If, as some would have you believe, the Trinity was not a part of the Christian faith before the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, then these quotes and the many others just like them would not exist. The truth is simple. The one church of the one faith taught in one mind of the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm Vestrozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We still have Father John Hurricane here. Welcome again, 
Father John, thanks for staying with us. You're very welcome. Uh, and Tom, I know when we were having our little break there, you leaned over and you actually had a pretty good question you wanted to ask about Trinitarian beliefs in other churches. Yeah, uh, Father, are there other churches out there that don't have a Trinitarian belief? Sure, there. There. And does that make them, I guess, non-Christian? Uh, I think there are churches that that we would uh, that as Catholics uh, we do not accept their baptism, uh, and it's because of their uh, they they really don't hold to. Ultimately, the creed. They, they, mm-hmm. there, there, there are things that. that well, before po- we go down that road, you mentioned that we don't accept their baptism. I just want to clarify for those who are listening who sure. are not familiar with the Catholic concept of baptism and how that works. Es- essentially, when a We're, sacrament is administered, it has to have the proper form and the proper matter. And of course, in this case, the proper matter is water. So mm-hmm. we have a water baptism, right? Right. And the proper form are the words that that, that the, the priest formula. or the deacon or the bishop would say, the Trinitarian formula. So sure. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you were baptized in the name of the Creator and the Redeemer and the Sanctifier or just in the name of Jesus or whatever, that would not be a valid uh, Trinitarian baptism for a Catholic. And so if you were going to join the Catholic Church, you would at that point be baptized. So so that does that make them non-Christian? Well, now uh, let's let's talk about okay. basically how the Trinity is viewed in other churches and we'll right. see maybe you'll have that answer for yourself there in just a sure. second. Uh, and, and generally I would say the mainline uh, Protestant churches uh, held to the uh, Nicene Creed. Uh, and also many of uh, Although many of the mainline Protestant churches may not uh, hold to all the traditions that that we uh, hold to as Catholics, uh, most of them would accept uh, the Nicene Creed. Plus, many of the early Protestant leaders, Martin Luther was was an Augustinian uh, monk, uh, and and John Calvin, uh, they they had a uh, certain uh, respect for Saint Augustine. Uh, They they did not. Necessarily uh, hold to uh, the, the theology of Saint Thomas Aquinas. M- many of them had a certain hostility to that. Uh, scholastic uh, is what we call that uh, theology from the Middle Ages. But most of them had a, a certain respect for Saint Augustine, who was a bishop in the early church, and 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 one of his most important uh, writings was on the Trinity. And so, uh, so most of uh, the mainline Protestant uh, churches tend to uh, have an understanding of the Trinity that is consistent with the Catholic understanding of the Trinity. However, uh, there are some churches out there yes. that that don't hold to that same uh, Trinitarian view. Our Mormon friends, Correct. our Jehovah's Witnesses friends, uh, our okay. Unitarian friends. And if you look at those particular churches, they have a different understanding about, usually about the second person of the Trinity, but they have a different understanding right. of the relationship of the persons in that Godhead. Right. right, particularly the Jehovah Witnesses, their, their theology would be very, very similar to the theology of uh, the early Arian heresy. Okay, mm-hmm. because there, there is, a, there is a denial of the second person of the Trinity being eternal. Okay, that is uh, that there would say there was a time uh, that, that 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 the second person was created. Okay, and if you're created, you're not God. That's right. And ultimately, if you really uh, don't believe in the divinity of Christ. Uh, if you don't, if you don't hold in our understanding of of the Trinity, uh, there there are, there are definitely uh, aspects of uh, your uh, theology that would 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 not be consistent with with our understanding of Jesus Christ and our understanding of of 
who Jesus Christ is. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, so. So I def- there there are definitely deficiencies. Where you whether you would say they're uh, not Christian, I, I think that. Well, uh, then it gets into name calling and definitions, exactly. etc. And, and the the point is that an understanding of the Trinity is a quintessential belief in Christianity. Correct. Right. And the vast majority of Christians believe in this idea of one God three persons. Correct. Right? However, there are those that are outside that. Right. And the further outside you get, you know, the more off the reservation you are, the further from the truth that you are. And that's the danger there. Right. And then, and that's the danger ultimately when even even for uh, mainline Protestants that, that don't really have that church authority because the individual members uh, may, may stray and, and they don't really have uh, that authoritative teaching to say no, this this is this is the correct way to interpret uh, this passage of scripture, uh, whether it's you know the uh, passage where the Father is greater than I. Saint Augustine uh, interpreted that for us as Catholics, we understand that in the form of a servant, that that Jesus uh, in his humanity came, uh, became incarnate in the form of a servant. But uh, in the Creed, we'll pray that. Uh, we pray that Jesus is consubstantial of the same substance as the Father, and and that's uh, and and equal in in uh, in His divinity uh, to uh, to the Father. That there there are three persons in one God. And so, what you're kind of hinting at here is that you know when you don't have a sort of singular living church authority, mm-hmm. right? If maybe if just Scripture is your only authority, right. then you're going to be left to a certain amount of personal interpretation. Sure. Or maybe some group interpretation, but the point is that once you get into a certain, maybe a, a, a one religious denomination might, in one half of the room, there'll be some people that have a closer understanding or, or a more truthful understanding of the Trinity. And on the other half of the room, there may be some folks that don't necessarily believe all the same things about the Trinity that the other half do. Sure. And so then you end up having a split, maybe another church forms. And then you have some people that will be of the same denomination, but they won't have that same view of the Trinity. That's maybe what you're talking about when you're right. talking about church authority. Well, when you've also, you know, pe- uh, Catholics have run into that when they've talked to, uh, to people about about the faith and and, and, and Protestant, non-Catholic uh, Christians, and 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 they were, were anticipating problems related to Mar- Mariology, uh, our understanding of Mary, and and they were somewhat taken back when. Now the questions they had had to deal with the Trinity, right? And and these were people from uh, from mainline Protestant churches, where, uh, where but the fact that the, they they really didn't have that catechesis, they had they had a, a certain sense of uh, you know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you know I've been saved, but they really didn't have uh, that depth of, of theology. Uh, that that goes beyond it. Okay, who is Je- who who is Jesus? And also, you know, what did he reveal about himself? And let's what, be honest. I think it's not just uh, some of the Protestants we've talked to. I've talked to many Catholics who don't understand that theology of the Trinity and why it's so vitally important that we do everything in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you've ever seen a Catholic in public praying, you've seen them do that thing where they trace the cross. Starting on their forehead, they go down to their belly, then they go to their shoulders, and they're doing their prayers in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're always praying in the name of the Trinity. Sure, sure. And but unfortunately, like again, that that's that's part of human nature that we don't necessarily uh, 
invest as much energy in our faith and our faith life as we do the things of the world. Lazy, that, lazy boy theology. Sure, <laughs> sure, and, and and that's unfortunate. And but there's but there's a solution to that as well. And there's a solution for Catholics and non-Catholics. The, many of the uh, teachings of, of the Catholic Church are available on the Internet. You can, you can go to the Internet and, and read the Catholic Catechism that goes through the Creed and goes through and explains the Creed. There are links to that on www.thecatholiccafe.org. There we go. The words right yeah. out of my mouth. Send them there to the we website. Right. And, and, and so there, there, are, there are ways we can grow in our faith because, uh, you know, there, our, our faith should be something that we t- see as important. Okay, because this is where, where we're going to spend eternity is with mm-hmm. God, you know, immersed in the love of this Trini- our Trinitarian God, and and why wouldn't we want to spend a little effort and learning more about this God who created us, who loved us, who became incarnate for our salvation, uh, and and so I think that it is a shame that people don't uh, take the time to learn more about their faith, learn more about God's revelation of Himself to us. Uh, and, 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 and spend that same type of energy. If, if, if people would spend as much time uh, uh, studying their faith as they do preparing their fantasy football uh, team. Uh, <laughs> How did yeah. your team do? I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding I haven't played fantasy football in, in a few years, but my teams never did particularly well. Because <laughs> you were spending too much time on theology. There, there we go. go. There you go. That's wonderful. Um, well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, we, going back to that concept of mystery, you know, and, and uh, uh, John Paul II had a wonderful uh, encyclical called Fides et Ratio where he's talking about faith and reason, the idea that we can use our human reason to bolster our faith. They work sure. hand in hand. And so we can, we can conceive of the, the great mysteries. We can't necessarily understand them all and define them all and, right. like I said, put them in a box. But we can use our reason to get to know God better. Sure. Our faith seeks understanding. And that's that's I think uh, from, from Saint Augustine, and and so we seek to understand our faith, and we and, and that's part of uh, learning about uh, what Jesus has revealed to Himself uh, through His Church, and and and, and to simply uh, to to uh, spend a little time prayerfully reflecting on on God's love and and, and and God's love that is revealed to us through our Trinitarian God. Well, Father, we thank you so much for coming and spending some more time with us. We're going to get you back here again to help us understand some more of these wonderful uh, Catholic concepts, Catholic doctrines, right? Oh, we'd love to. Wonderful. Great. So, Tom, any parting words for Father? No, please come back. Oh, we enjoyed your company. Happy, happy, to, happy to come back anytime. Great. Well, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to close in prayer. And you know what? This time we're going to close in a prayer that, uh, that Catholics say all the time. Right? Uh, and so it's a very simple, short prayer, and it's all about the Trinity. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.